everybody. Welcome back to Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. Happy first day of programming. The boys are back here in town. You are listening to the whole nine on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. I am your host, Anthony Remedios, alongside my my co-host from last semester here, Mr. Sammy Newt. We have a new. We have decided that we are going to add a third host for mm-hmm. our show this semester. So. Welcome back, everybody. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Justin Haas. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me All back, right. Anthony. No problem. Go ahead and tell uh, go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from, some of your interests. Yeah, so I'm Wait. from I'm from Los Angeles County, uh, Whittier specifically. Uh, big Dodgers fan. Uh, love the MLB Ooh, in general. Bail. Okay, okay, we get it, we get it. Uh, and so. You know, I'm a big MLB fan, um, and, you know, I really look forward to talking about baseball. And I like college baseball, too, so I really look forward to talking about that on this show as well. And great. Justin did bring up a good point. We are going to be covering and starting to preview some college baseball, especially with ASU and the Pac-12. We're going to start covering that towards the end of the month here, getting ready for the season, especially as the lockout uh, uh, continues for who knows how long it's going to be. This is our first show in six weeks. Uh, so we hope you all had a great break, great New Year, enjoyed the holidays with your family. And with that, let's get into a little bit of baseball talk here. What baseball? Baseball doesn't exist right now. D- exactly. So the lockout, still on, uh, the owners have still locked out the players from baseball. Both sides did meet last Thursday on January 13th, but no real progress was made. Um, it wasn't all that positive. The we accept the proposal, but the players were not all that happy about it and are expected to count to that proposal, hopefully sooner rather than later. Right after said negotiations, or lack thereof, Jeff Passan, when he was putting out a tweet about it, had said, quote, spring training is in peril. Yeah, I don't know how if I'm the owners, if I go to uh, if I go up to the um, the players and be like, here's my proposal— uh, and know they're going to hate it. Like, if I know the if they're going to hate it right off the bat, why even propose it at that point? It confuses me. And now the the players have been kind of insulted in a way that they want to they want to they don't want to reply immediately and definitely put spring training in peril. And that's getting kind of nervous, especially here in Arizona. Spring training is a big part of their uh, seasonly uh, economy. So let's hope that uh, it gets going. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I think they just needed to put an offer out there because we've been in a lockout for about a month and a half now. And, you know, once a month went by, they probably just felt like they needed to get something out there, even though they knew nothing was going to work. At least you, it, from an optics perspective, it looked good that, hey, we put something out there. We put a contract out there. It's just they didn't accept. But the problem is they were never ex- going to accept in the first place. And so that's the biggest issue that we have here. Mm-hmm. You can kind of blame it on the players, too. I mean, if you're the owners now, you can say, instead of locking the players out, you can say the players didn't accept their proposal, and now it's on the player's side to counter and stuff. I mean, that's just... And the players... The, from what I from what I heard is that the proposal had absolutely nothing the players absolutely needed. They, they said yes to everything the players kind of said. That would be preferred, but this is not what we need, and they never, they never really said... They never really agreed on anything that said we need that thing in the agreement, and that just didn't happen. It seems like they are, but, but the players and, and the league are still very distant on the whole free agency and the number of ye- the how do I what's the right way to say service this? time. So thank you. I was like trying to think that terminology. 
But yeah, the service time disagreements are still at an all-time low, or still very far apart from each other. And one of the other things that they're doing, one of the other things too, is the players are trying to advocate more for the treatment of minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. The league made a right step in the right, made a step in the right direction a while, uh, recently with guaranteeing housing. I believe it was right. Yeah, the guaranteed housing. Guaranteed Fine. housing. I mean, how is that not a thing that's just understood? Yeah, that was a major story that came out last month. Was the housing uh, aspect of it? Like, how is that just being like? Yeah, we don't pay them enough to live. Let's expect them to live in their cars, which they probably can't pay for to begin with. Especially in some states like California. I mean, for with that yeah. salary. Especially San Jose Giants. Giants. Are you kidding me? You're supposed to even. I mean, I know you're from San Mateo, but San Jose, it's like the most expensive place to live in oh, the yeah. world. Well, the whole Bay Area yeah. is. So the whole Bay Area in LA is. Yeah. How, how do you expect players to pay their own salaries, and you're paying them? maybe 15 grand a year for some of these guys who don't have the signing bonuses and even the guys on the signing on the signing bonuses that cash runs out you know what i mean eventually it's not the income isn't stabilized the cash runs out so Mm -hmm. yeah but that's kind of just the main thing on the other thing is um i just don't know what happens if there is no spring training you know what i mean what what do we when the season starts are supposed to start are we just going to start spring training then? Are we going to push the season back a whole month? Are we canceling a month of games? Like, there's just so many options here. I don't know where they're going to go. I think for me, the thing that my personal prediction on this is that it depends on how long it goes, right? The lockout ends relatively close to when spring training was about to start. It may just be a short, a shortened spring training. Some of the spring training are too maybe, long. Maybe pushing back some of those first week of games and scheduling some double headers along the way. But really, it all depends on how long it goes. And one of the things that we were mentioning last semester when we were at the end of the semester, right before we left for break, is that one of the things that you have that we have to remember is that the owners and the players cannot afford to lose games and have to have to sit, play as many games as they can. Because keep in mind, no fans in 2020 with only limited fans for those expanded playoffs. The uh, partial, the limited fans for the first half of the season last year, plus now with COVID, who knows who's even going to want to go to games. People obviously want to go, but with mm-hmm. the all these new variants and stuff, that's putting a little in certain venues requ- requiring vaccinations and all that. People are a lot are more conservative, so to speak, and a little bit more cautious about it. I think mm-hmm. would be the way. So yeah. and here's my thing about this is that we it feels like just yesterday we were fighting millionaires and billionaires like you said earlier we were production for this show Justin you said it's billionaires fighting millionaires right yeah and then I felt like that was the whole discussion for COVID when baseball had the chance to come back you yeah. know baseball is the like people say it's a non-contact sport that's true you there's could, it's you a could, non-contact you, you sport you can socially distance yeah they can yeah. play baseball in during and the it's pandemic outdoors. yeah exactly. Most of it's outdoors. You can play baseball during the pandemic. And instead of hopping on that and capitalizing, I was I, so people started watching, like, axe throwing during the pandemic. Oh, I, lo- I love watching myself some good cornhole. The I corn, mean, I, mean corn I was diving right into that for summertime easily. <laughs> golf, easily. NASCAR. I mean, golf and NASCAR have their own fan bases, but baseball could have picked those fans from basketball and the NFL. They could have easily gotten all those fans and just nothing. And they decided to fight all the way until July, where the NBA had come back already, and they had lost their chance. 
right? And now they're fighting about it again. They're fighting about more money and just more just more money, and then they're risking cancellation games is just a bad look. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I think in a doomsday scenario, if we don't get spring training at all, if this if this lockout stays until March, basically, and we basically go straight into the regular season, then baseball's 162. You could theoretically just have your first month of the regular season for baseball not be very good games, but basically get a feel out of, you know, how your team looks and stuff like that. And after one month, you still have 130 games left, like, you know, at maximum. So at that point, you know, you can do something like that. I mean, I feel like you need to get a spring training in. It's just a basic necessity for any team. You know, I know, like, when it comes to the NFL and NBA, we joke about, like, oh, no one watches preseason games or stuff like that. But coaches love that and managers love that. They get to evaluate their team and see, hey, you know, who's on the fence and, you know, who can we cut and who can we keep and stuff like that. And you need to have a spring training. So I I think we were talking about this earlier, uh, the – like right now, we're not real concerned because there's nothing really going on, anyways. It's just free agent signings and trades and stuff like that. But trades can uh, still happen. Yeah, no. and so okay. and so, uh, but the what was it? You said third week of February was when catchers and pitchers report. And so at that point, if you don't have any action going, okay, now we got some issues rolling. And if we even touch March, watch out because now we're now we're in a bad situation for sure. Yeah, I say if we even touch February. Because I think about it, they're not just going to come together and start like, oh, here's the agreement, bam. But like, if they start in February, like, if they, if we have nothing till February, spring training is out you the have doorway. To give, you have to give free agents a time to sign with their new teams and stuff like that. Carlos I mean, Correa, yeah. Clayton Kershaw, guys like that are still not signed yet. Like, we still don't know where they're going. We're not going to figure out for the foreseeable future because we have no clue when this holdout's going to end. Mm-hmm. I got a couple things to say on what both you guys are saying. The first thing, let me point out the fact that it is January 18th. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report on February 14th. That is 26 days from now. Yeah. Let, let, let's remind everybody. So it's not even that. the third week; it's the second week. It's the second week. Okay. Second. Second week. Yeah. Um. So that's number one. Actually, the day after the Super Bowl. Ironically. Yeah, that's a great time to capitalize right there. The <laughs> thing will be locked out. But uh, anyways. The second thing, going back to what Justin was saying about having that first month of baseball, you know, it, theoretically that first month of baseball basically being regular season but spring training, and air quotes there, you need a spring training for yeah. the sake of injuries. Just getting guys ramped up and getting back into shape with athletes of all ages has been like that. And that's why in high school football and just fall fall sports in general the last uh last couple months there was a lot there were a lot more injuries not even just from sports but even just other basic injuries in general you know little guys Mm -hmm. out on the playground playing you know whatever it was they were playing at recess those injuries were at were at an unusual high and so part of that is because there were the theory the a pop one of the reasons why that is is because the lack of activity and so the same would be true for Major League Baseball. They mm-hmm. need, though, even though those guys are professional athletes, they still need that time to just get back in shape. Now, Sammy, going back to what you were saying about how in 2020 with the pandemic, they failed to, they just failed to capitalize on that opportunity. In some ways, I kind of fear that that would be the same this year. I really don't know what to think. I would like to think that they would sense some urgency after a certain point in time, 
but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we saw how much a deadline can deadline can work. Is like we saw. I mean, November twenty sixth to December first, there was like five hundred billion dollars worth of money spent oh, yeah. in the MLB. It was or five hundred. No, oh, yeah, five hundred billion. Or no, one no, billion. Million. Sorry, no, it's one billion. Plus. I think it's one billion. Sorry, my math is completely off right now. Um, it's been a long time since baseball. That's why happened. we're sports journal. That's why we're sports <laughs> journalism majors, not math majors. People. Yeah. So um, it was something over a billion dollars spent in the span of six days. These people can work on a deadline. I mean, that's not the issue. Is that there is no deadline right now? We yeah. think spring training is the deadline, but is it? Is spring training the deadline? Is the MLB regular season the deadline? deadline and we see how much a month of games can change think about this last year right you think 17 games the Cardinals won 17 games in a row that's about that's about a month worth of games right maybe under just a, under a yeah. month that's a solid yeah. three four weeks yeah three weeks that's a solid three, three weeks and a game, half right three and, a half weeks. and you're just gonna take that away like what you can't do that. You can't just take away a month of game and expect everything to play out differently. Like we saw last year, in the 60-game season, the Marlins won a playoff series. The Cubs were in the playoffs. They probably shouldn't have been. You know what I mean? It was just such a weird time that teams get hot at the right time. You have to get, let those teams get hot. You have to let a full season play out, and you can't push baseball back any farther. You can't have baseball competing with the NFL as much as it already does in the last four, three or four months. Well, because right? now the NFL is going to end second week, uh, second Sunday of February, mm-hmm. so if you can really get action going then, because at that point, all you're really competing with is the end of the regular season for NBA and, and NHL. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, usually the end of the season is when you focus for your sports, but you know, at that point, you're still, you know, not going to get your die hard. You're going to get your die hard NBA and NHL fans, but you're not going to get those casual fans. If you could pluck those casual fans from mm-hmm. leagues like that, then that will really help. I mean, your, that's always been the case. Help your sport. Uh, what's sad about me is for with baseball, just the state of baseball in general, is that summer it is the only thing on. Baseball is. is the only thing yeah. on from yeah. June to September. Right and the all star and the all star break. Yeah, if there's the whole week where there's basically nothing except the home run derby, all star yeah. game, stuff like that. That's the, literally, in my opinion, the worst week of sports because all you have is baseball and even you have yeah, half, best week. And, yeah, but then at the same time you have a bunch of days where you just have nothing. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, it um, is there. The, there is one, sometimes two days in the entire year. There are no professional sports. Yeah, and it's during the All-Star break because j- baseball, like, that's the thing. Baseball dominates summer. It al- it always has, you know? And the fact that they can't, they aren't the biggest sport, like, you're playing so many games, how could you not be one of the, I guess there's, right now I think they're second, actually. I think the NBA has fallen off quite a bit re- in the last couple of years. You know what? I, I don't know because a couple of years ago I heard that NBA yeah. was challenging NFL. Exactly. That's when the Warriors were good. That's what I'm saying. When oh, the Warriors, now there's a correlation between the Warriors. The, Warriors. Good, the NBA is oh, okay. ha- That's how it works now. <laughs> My bad. I mean, think about it. The, what was the peak of the NBA the last 10 years? Probably the Warriors-Cavs rivalry, right? Yeah. You would say? Yeah. And then that Four falls years, apart. Yeah. And in 2019, yeah, COVID had played a part. I what, mean, you mean, a part, you mean no one wanted to watch the Warriors and the Raptors play in 2019? <laughs> it was something different, though. I mean, but, yeah. So, I mean, the MLB has to capitalize on those fans, and if just— it's a bad look. I mean, I was watching the Pat McAfee show the other day. Shout out to Pat McAfee. Great show. Love that show. Um, but I would say he was like, I don't give a, about baseball. You know what I mean? Like he said all this stuff. And it's like if he, if he's the most – he's probably one of the most prominent figures in sports talk radio right now right now because he's he dominates the NFL. Especially for podcasting. Yeah. yeah so And if he doesn't care about your sport, 
Really? Like, that's the way you want to look right now? And in, in this lockout, it's just an even worse look. And we'll get on to later just the, the way the commissioner hand, handles the sport. But it, they, got, they got to finish this, too, and they need to figure it out. Yeah. And with that, any last thoughts on the lockout? It's not going to be the last time we're talking about this. That's for darn sure. Hopefully we can get it over soon, though. Hopefully, but we will never know. And with that being said, let's talk a little bit more about Mr. Rob Manfred, the current MLB commissioner. Not for long, probably. He, right now, is under, under, actually, let me backtrack for a second. Mr. Ken Rosenthal, one of the top MLB reporters in the country. Well, National writer for The Athletic and was also a host on MLB Network. And there is one other job that Fox, Fox Sports. Fox Sports, thank you. He's also broadcaster for Spot for Fox Sports. Just at the beginning of the count, about two weeks ago on January fourth, he was fired. Rosenthal was fired. He was relieved of his duties. Let go his had let had his contract not renewed by MLB Network, based on for for what he said. In an article that he wrote in the Athletic whoa, whoa, whoa. back in 2020. Before we move on to that, let's just say that Ken Rosenthal, I read the official report from MLB Network. It said we need to cycle new talent through MLB Network, dude. That guy is the best baseball reporter on the planet. You don't need new talent when you have LeBron James on the roster, right? I mean, come on. He's the, he, yeah, he's the Adam Schefter, or the Adrian Wojnarowski yeah, of MLB. Like you, you don't drop that guy for nothing, like for no reason. You don't drop that guy for new talent. There is no better talent right now than Ken Rosenthal. And you just think, oh, he, oh, he said something mean about me when the, when everyone said something mean about you, and you're gonna drop him from your network. But you can go on about what happened there. So. He was let go, but for me, the thing is, with MLB Network, I have actually started to not become a huge fan of them. They let Chris Rose go at the end of 2020. That was because of just money purposes. That was yes, because they, they couldn't pay Chris him. Rose because of the... been, had, Chris Rose had been there for so long, they should have found a That's way true. to keep him. That's true. And him and Millar, him and Kevin Millar and had so Talk was my favorite show on MLB Network. They had the chemistry. Like mm-hmm. That was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So... You let him go, and now you're letting go Ken Rosenthal too. Yeah, that's that's my thing with them. But let's let's come here. I have the quote right here about what Kevin Rosenthal said to um Mr. Rob Manfred in the not said to said about when we're talking about how COVID we talked about this earlier. COVID baseball needs, season needs to get start. It needs to capitalize on this, these fans right now. And Ken Rosenthal says this: Rob Manfred finally seems to be figuring out he has no choice. Strike a deal with the union, salvage the 2020 season, or ruin his legacy as the commissioner of baseball. Man, this sounds like deja vu. It's happening right now again. So Ken Rosenthal hits it right on the nose. He would hit it right on the nose now. And Rob Manfred doesn't like that he says he's criticizing him when he's an, a, a, technically an employee of Rob Manfred because he works on the network. Um, he doesn't like that. He gets fired or let go because of criticizing when he's just doing his job, right? You're. I just don't understand. I but. will say the thing to play the devil's advocate a little bit. He is an employee of MLB Network, though, and it, there's a whole there's an ethical dilemma there. There, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky situation. So he's We've, just supposed to be. Uh, well, so well, one, he's not even writing it. For, he's not even saying it on MLB Network. He's writing for thing. the Athletic. That was my thing. However, I'm not saying this is direct correlation, but do you guys remember when there was a broadcaster of a college radio station, or sorry, college football team, recently, 
I'm not going to say where. Um, oh, it wasn't. Yeah, I think so. And he had gone on sports radio and said something about the team, but he was an employee of the school. Well, he's not even criticizing Manfred. He's saying you need to do your job correctly or and else we're not going to have a season. He's critiquing Manfred, and no one likes Manfred, and so there shouldn't be too much of an issue with baby. it. There's, hey, there I shouldn't be I'm... an issue with it, but yet, because Manfred is, I don't know, the commissioner of the MLB, he takes issue with it and just does his own way and gets rid of Rosenthal. Wow. Hey, I'm on Rosenthal's side here. I'm just get rid of Rosenthal? pointing it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, Justin, you can go on your little bit of rant uh, about Rob Manfred yeah. here as a Dodgers fan. Yeah, as a Dodgers fan, uh, I can believe i could speak for dodgers nation and say we don't really like uh rob Manfred really very why? Much. why why would that be oh uh, well where do i start uh <laughs> so there was this little thing in 2017 uh there's a little issue was uh, there a little piece of metal somewhere yeah yeah there was a little sign stealing issue and uh rob manford proceeded to call the trophy a little piece of metal uh and that wasn't good because let's just say the trophy's a little bit more than a piece of metal uh it there's a lot more to that and then you know just the whole way the whole way he situated it and you know basically gave the ashes a slap on the wrist and stuff like that and then all right and then uh, what i love was uh Cody Bellinger, when he talked about it, he just called Manfred by his last name, Manfred. He didn't give him his first name. He didn't call him Rob. He just called him Manfred and said, Manfred this, Manfred that. And so, yeah, I mean, I could I could go on on for the rest of the 45 minutes here talking about uh, Rob Manfred, but I'll, I'll diver and uh, leave it up to you guys. Yeah, and just a little bit of other things, too, that are just not, not smart. I mean, just... It, the last thing I remember is when the lockout first happened, he sends a letter out to the the public. He goes, mm-hmm. this is the player's fault. This is the player's fault. This is the player's fault. They won't agree to us. This is the player's fault. This is the player's fault. Uh, really? Come on. I mean, just you have to take some some credibility that you're you're locking the players out. The players, they just want a new CBA, and you're locking the players out. That you are taking action. Right, so and you're preventing them from getting treatment. You're preventing them from getting their diet, like diet stuff. You're preventing them from signing with their teams. You know, it's just, it's just, a, yeah, a lot of bad things for Mr. Manfred recently. It where we're at now, it's a culmination of so many different things over the last three years, four years, and people are just tired of it. Myself and all of us included, and. Just he, he's also trying to change the game. I mean, look at some of the rules proposals that have been rule changes that have been made in the last five years. I'm I don't not know. Gonna I go- like a lot of the rule changes. Some I, of them. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Is runner on second base leaving? It's done, right? For <laughs> overtime? I mean, not for overtime. Extra innings? Extra Sorry. Innings. I'm in football yeah, mode right done. now. Unofficially, yes, but we won't know for sure until that CBA comes out. I, I Same thought- thing with the seven and eight doubleheaders. There's been no talk. Of that on either side. I heard DH was in the most recent. Uh, that seems to be pretty much the only thing these two sides can agree on right well, now. Well, no, they're using it as a bargaining chip. I think the players want DH because that means the pitchers don't have to hit, and that just is just so much better for them, right? They don't have to practice bunting. Every, they don't everyone but traditionalists want the DH. Yeah, that's I mean, just basically how it the, goes. The Manders want it because they don't have to. They don't have to pitch. Who, it who would ma- you rather have in the lineup, an extra hitter or your pitcher? Yeah. I mean, th- especially 
we have Dodgers Giants fan in here. Would you rather have AJ Pollock in the nine spot, or would you rather have Max Scherzer there? It's like there's so many different. I mean, Max Scherzer's not a Dodger anymore. I apologize. Yeah, you can I mean, throw Walker Bueller in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he hits tanks though. He hits tanks. Yeah, Julio Rios too. Solid hitting pitcher. Logan Webb. He had a tank on the last day of the year. And who forgets about Madison Bumgarner? Absolutely no one. <laughs> Best hitting pitcher of all time. He's also washed, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> not the plate though. <laughs> Not the plate, just pitching-wise, what his job is. Yeah, he's a little washed with the Diamondbacks. Speaking of Matt Bum, I went to a Rockies-D-backs game back in April, end of April, uh, with my dad, and we actually got to see Matt Bum hit yeah, for so what could potentially be the last time we see it. Yeah, I, I actually— And he, and he got yeah, a hit. He, he got, got a hit. Goat. I went to a game where he threw seven innings no hit, and then they lost the game. So, that— <laughs> I went to the Padres Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks game where he goes like six or seven innings, no oh, hit. Oh yeah, no, that was the Blake. Too. That was the Blake Snell game. We're talking about mass. It was like two, like two weeks before. I was before oh. we moved in. He had a dominant. He Wasn't absolutely that the same the series Padres. that Tyler Gilbert did no hitter? Yeah, <laughs> Tyler Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, Diamondbacks legend. Hey, that's a, that's a highlight. That's a 2021 D-backs highlight right there. That's the yeah, only, it's, it's the only. It's the only highlight. It's the only highlight of the 2021 Diamondbacks season. It's the only highlight of, of the decade for them. I don't know. They uh, they, they made the they wild were, card They were 2017 year. wild card champions. <laughs> they have that banner I, up there. I love that they? sign. That Chase <laughs> yeah, that was the last decade. I <laughs> get a good laugh when I see that. Sign. No, they actually we were especially coming from historic like storied franchises like Oracle Park and Dodger Stadium. You walk in Chase Field and you see 2017 wild card champions, and you're like, what? Why is that banner there? Well, now the running joke here in Arizona is that because the Cardinals were eliminated last night, well, at least we got the Diamondbacks and the Coyotes. Yeah, not much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a collapse of the card. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, if we talk about the NFL, we're thinking there's no content, so NFL it is. Um, but I, th- I say we move on to what is uh, the most, the biggest story I would say is uh, the only story that can actually be talked about, which is um, the Hall of Fame tracker. It is looking right now that oh, miss, shout out to Ryan Thibodeau by the way, absolute legend. And his with, team. He yeah, has a couple people. That yeah, work with him. absolute legend. He tracks every single ballot. Everywhere, and it's just amazing. If you're not following on Twitter, follow him at not Mr. Tibbs, T-I-B-B-S, and it truly is pretty, uh, some pretty really cool stuff. But right now, he's tracking at um, Dave, the three highest vote getters are uh, David Ortiz with 83.6%, uh, Barry Bonds with 77.2, and Roger Clemens with 76.0. Those are the only three with a realistic chance of making this year, and a real realistic chance the only person makes it is David Ortiz. So if we're tracking right now, the only Hall of Famer for 2022 will be Mr. David Ortiz. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that because uh, David Ortiz he tested positive in 2003, and although he never tested positive after that, still he was linked, right? And what you're gonna vote for Ortiz, but not gonna vote for Bonds and Clemens. So for me, the thing with these ballots is this: I want to first. Just put these ballot these numbers in perspective. Right now, there are 161 ballots that have been made public, and that the, those voters have taken ownership for. There are 10 anonymous or unverifiable ballots. So that's 171 ballots. They're expecting about 300. They're ex- estimating 392 ballots were cast in this voting. So that's about 43% of 43.6 of the percent of the ballots have been revealed. Um, other things to note: of the first-year guys on this ballot, 
Ryan Howard, Lincecum, Joe Nathan, Ortiz, Papelbon, A-Rod, Jimmy Rollins, and Mark Teixeira. Ortiz and A-Rod have secured their 5% to stay on the ballot. Jimmy Rollins is one vote away, so he will likely stay on the ballot. Everybody else... They need, some, they need some. Uh, they need some help. They need some help. help. But I say, uh, who cares about them staying on the ballot? I think it really matters about who's getting into the Hall of Fame. It matters that Bonds and Clemens are not going to get in on their tenth and final year in the, on the ballot. And uh, before we, before we went on our last show, December first, I think we had Alex Pavlovich on, or December eighth or whatever. We had Alex Pavlovich on, yeah. and we talked to him. He said, "I'm voting for Bonds and Clemens. A lot of the new age voters vote for Bonds and Clemens, but." They also going to vote for David Ortiz, so David Ortiz is going to get in. But how do you vote for David? I want to hear your opinion on this, Justin. How do you vote for David Ortiz, who has tested positive, and although Bonds and Clemens, they obviously took steroids, never tested positive, how how are you going to do that one? I mean, I guess David Ortiz is big poppy, so you know you. Gotta, He's nice to the press, you, man. He, yeah, you got. He works for Fox now, um, as one of their sports guys. Although A Rod does too, and he also works for ESPN, but still not getting enough love in the Hall of Fame ballot. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, Barry Bonds' head got bigger. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> we, saw, we saw that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think Bonds and Clemens just get a bad stereotype in the in the press, and I think. If I can compare this to Terrell Owens in the NH or NFL Hall of Fame, he didn't get it until his third year. He was clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer, yet the press didn't want to put him in, so they waited. So they waited three years to do that, and they're basically doing the same thing with uh, Bonds and Clemens. The only issue is they're waiting ten years, and they're gonna have to wait longer and wait for like the historical committee to yeah. put them in if they want, because chances are they're probably not gonna get in now. It makes sense for A Rod though, because A Rod tested positive twice after testing happened. Like they, that's the part and that got, I... and he got the full one sixty two game suspension, which is massive. It was actually originally I think supposed to be two ten something. It was supposed to be longer than I think. Uh, they just made it a season. They got it reduced. They made it a season, but Ortiz never tested positive. Props to him. And had a hell of a career. No one's saying no one's saying Dave Ortiz isn't a Hall of Famer. I think he is a Hall of Famer, 100%. But if he's a Hall of Famer, then how are Bonds and Clemens not a Hall of Famer? Just because Bonds, like, his stats are just ridiculous. He's the best player of all time. He was a Hall time. of Famer before. He yeah. was a Hall of Famer as a Pirate. Yeah, and Roger Clemens, seven Cy Young Awards? Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. He's the, be- he's the best pitcher of all time. Bonds is the best hitter of all time. Even if they took steroids, there's got to be some measure of – I mean, there's got to be some talent there. And, <laughs> At least and, a little bit. And Barry Bonds is an ASU legend, so you got to yeah. give some love to him for that. Folks yeah, folks up. up. The, biggest, the biggest frustration for me has been the inconsistency in some of these votes. Seeing some voters voting for some of these four guys, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. I at least respect – the ones that are all or nothing. Yeah, me too. I may not agree with it, but I at least can respect. Yeah, if you're no the PEDs, then you cannot have no. You can have yeah, no. You're yeah, con- you're consistent on. Props that. to you. Props to you for having no PEDs. Like that's your belief. If they cheated, they shouldn't get in. If they are no, which if they is are suspected which is honestly cheating, a valid argument because yeah. you could say, oh, okay, if you put put no one in with PEDs, then you know you're if you put them in, you're basically opening the floodgates for people to say. Oh, you could take PEDs and it won't affect your Hall of Fame candidacy. Yeah. You know, then that's not going to be good for the game. Well, and, and so... think about all the guys in MLB in the MLB right now that have taken PEDs that have now that they're that are potential Hall of Famers. Here's my thing though: is that like there's testing now. 
we have testing. If you test, if you te- if you take PEDs now and test positive, that's your fault. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, you I, you I tested agree. positive during the era of testing. You should not be a Hall of Famer. These guys weren't tested. You know what I mean? And I, MLB I, didn't care. Yeah, I keep coming back to this point. MLB best period of like fame was 1998 to like 2001 when these guys were absolutely dominating. McGuire and so and when they needed Sosa. it most. The league yeah. needed it the most, especially com- because that strike, lockout yeah. strike in 94 and 95 hit him hard. Yeah, crushed him. Not to mention you also had the rising stars of Griffey around yeah. that time as well, but mm-hmm. still. And the Giants were good that year, I think, and they got their year canceled. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sucks for us. But, um, yeah. uh, but so it's just kind of in, insane how MLB benefits from it and also hates it at the same time. Well, the other thing, too, is that Mike Piazza got in a few years ago, and he yeah. probably took steroids. And who knows what Willie Mays took, who knows what Babe Ruth took, who knows what, uh, tip, like, Joe DiMaggio took. Who knows what all these guys took? Who knows? You know what I mean? If Babe Ruth can snort cocaine before the game and still make the Hall of Fame, I mean, come on. I mean, I guess LT did it too. Morris <laughs> Taylor. But, um, um, who, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. It's just insane to me that w- the Hall of Fame will never be a clean, no PEDs place. It oh, will no. never be that. So w- why do we keep the best PED years out? And the other thing, too, is that PEDs are part of the game. Like you said, th- yeah. when the late 90s is when the MLB really grew, you know, PEDs are, you know. So did everyone else as in the MLB. Ma- as, bad as, it, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, it's part of the game. Yeah, that was the game. You can't, you, you can't yeah. eradicate it. Same thing with, like, cycling. I watched a documentary on that. If you weren't. Which one? It's like cycling. It was like a documentary uh, on, like, the sport of cycling. If you weren't doping, you weren't. You weren't getting paid. That's why Lance Armstrong yeah, exactly. was the best cyclist. Yeah, I know. He just cheated the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like if you weren't doping, you weren't making money, so you had to dope. And, and I'm not sure the MLB ever got that bad. I mean, especially pitchers. You don't hear a lot of stories about PED pitchers besides Clemens. Um, but you still had to be – if you were that good and you want to get that much better, I, I mean, think about Bonds, right? He sees – he's the best player in the game. And then he's McGuire, and he sees Sosa get all of this fame, all of this glory in this big home run chase, and it, they just look huge. And he's like, "What do they got? What, what's doing? What are they doing over there?" And then becomes the best player in the game. Again. Well, because the other thing too about steroids is that it doesn't make you hit the ball any better; it makes you hit the ball farther. That's the whole point of you still, steroids. Still and gotta hit the ball. Yeah, you still gotta make contact with it. If you can't yeah. see the ball and you can't hit it well, steroids are gonna do nothing for you. Yeah. But if and you can make, but if you can make contact with it, a fly ball becomes a home run, and that's how deadly it is. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: steroids don't make you get walked more. I, I mean, in a way they do. In a way. I mean, if, if for me, When you it's become like, as dominant as Barry Bonds, <laughs> yeah, you then you become walk more because I, you take steroids. I saw a thing. It's uh, I, it's like my favorite video ever. I think we talked about it. Yeah, you recommended yeah, to me the SB Nation mm-hmm. one. SB Nation. What if Barry Bonds' 2004 season, he didn't have a bat? He walked up to the plate without a bat. The pitcher thought... The pitcher didn't see any difference. He saw Barry Bonds with a bat. But it... Barry Bonds walks to play without a bat, and the pitcher thinks he does have a bat. He still leads the league in OPS. <laughs> like he's still the best hitter in the league. He still gets on base the most, which is just because he walks more. It's it's just insane. But um, yeah, I think that's the Hall of Fame ballot. Any more comments, Anthony? I think we might have mentioned this on the last episode. But also remember, Barry Bonds has more intentional walks in his career. Than the entire Tampa Bay Rays franchise combined. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially on the intentional walk kind of faded out during the Rays uh, time. But still, it's just a still nuts stat. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I think uh, one, we'll just kind of wrap it up here on the baseball front with a little bit of a uh, just kind of some little bit more news worthy stuff. Uh, Yankees female uh, minor league manager, first minor league ma- manager of all time, uh, managing their high or low A, I think it's a low A team. Uh, Rachel Balkovich, I, I hope I said that right. Balkovic, it's spelled B A L K O V E C. She's got a first name Balk, so that's probably a good sign. That's a baseball <laughs> term right there. Um, but yeah. Congrats to her. Congrats to the Yankees for making waves. We kind of saw the trends coming on the Giants side, uh, making Alyssa Nacken their bench coach in the MLB. So it just kind of paves the way for other uh, the female Marlins managers. Hired, the Marlins hired the G, a female yeah. GM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, more female in in the game, the better. Uh, congrats to her, um, and hopefully we keep saying more. Because I mean, there's so being a manager, you just have to know the game. You don't have to have played, especially in the minor leagues. You just take orders from the top how you want these guys managed, and then you just go on and do it. Yeah, the like, other thing, too, about minor leagues is that it's not necessarily about winning games. It's mm-hmm. about player it's development. About development. Yeah. It's better to lose all of your games and have your players develop really well to, mm-hmm. to win all of your games and not have any development whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're good at player development, and then props to her. Although, I mean, don't tell the manager and the players that because they still want to win their games. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. But if I mean if I'm the Giants and the San Jose Giants lose all their games, but Marco Luciano is the best player in the league, I don't really care. Hey, it's success in my. <laughs> um, and then the other news on this front is the New York Times officially uh, purchases the Athletic for a 550 million dollar cash buyout. That's a lot of money. This surprised me. I saw this and was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is this is uh, you know the Athletic when it was first. Introduced in 2016, was seen as the future of sports journalism and really trying to take away, really shifting and was the first in the whole subscription model of sports media. And that was intended to take away from uh, the basic and smaller newspapers and outlets. And I to see them get bought back out by the New York Times, man, that's that's surprising. So. Hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that with somebody who knows a little bit more about the situation and can provide some insight uh, from them on us. But I think the important thing to note about this buyout is that the New York Times and The Athletic are still going to be separate entities. They will still have their own coverage and do their own thing. It's more so just the ownership group. So instead of The Athletic being their own ownership group, they're, they're owned and run by. I don't know. I was hoping as an ASU student we get New York Times subscriptions for free. I was hoping we get an athletic subscription for free too, but uh, I don't. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So other people said the same thing. I saw those. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a new Sunday Night Baseball crew. It is uh, going. We to... did, didn't uh, Carlos Correa sign with uh, Scott Boris? That's some huge news, especially coming out of the lockdown. That came out just earlier today. Yep. Yeah, you, you told me that earlier. That's huge news, especially because coming out of the lockout, our team's going to be wanting to spend that much money. I mean, who knows? If we lose games, teams aren't going to want to spend money, and Scott Boris is just known for getting all of the money out of the team. Just keep in mind that Scott Boris is Garrett Cole's uh, manager, or not manager, he's like agent. agent. He's, too. His, he's his agent. So like maybe, maybe we see Chris. Same with Ben Downs, I'm just floating Shostberg. the idea out there, folks. I don't know anything here, but I'm just suggesting mm-hmm. something. But I heard uh, earlier an Astros fan said, he, uh, no way he goes to the Yankees. I mean, just that, I think that would break their hearts um, just to see them losing the ALCS. I, does Correa put the Yankees over the top? Do you think he does that? Uh, considering that they lost in the wild know. card, I mean, Carlos Correa is a good player. I don't know if he makes them World Series favorites because – 
Yeah, considering that all you have is Garrett Cole and he pitched all three innings in the wild card. Yeah. Yeah, a little shaky there. Yeah, but um, I think that's another sports media news. Sunday, there's going to be a new Sunday night baseball crew this season on ESPN. It will be longtime senior host Carl Ravitch, and he will also be joined by 1994 Cy Young winner and five-time World Series champion David Cohn will be the analyst. And then to add to the crew and make it a trio will be former player and coach Eduardo Perez, who has been one of ESPN's premier analysts since. 2014 but the other thing that they're gonna do is they're going to run their own version their the base their own baseball version of the manning cast and that will be headed by alex rodriguez and and michael oh, k god really that's disgusting <laughs> so it'll be the a-rod cast not the manning cast oh, gosh the manning cast was such a good thing they had to ruin it Oh, I, wait, I want them to do it for every week next year well, for for football yeah but for baseball i mean what Manny, who no one likes A Rod as a broadcaster. Do you, Justin? <laughs> I mean, he's fine. I, I don't hate him. Does he deserve his own? He's not Payne Manning. I mean, he he's been a broadcaster, right? He's gonna broadcast like a regular broadcaster. Why couldn't you get well, like because, two players? Well, yeah, because he's gonna do it. And then you said what? Michael Key. He's the play-by-play guy for the Yankees too. So it's gonna be a Yankees booth. So when they get those Yankees Sunday night or uh, baseball Great. games, Fantastic. they're gonna they're gonna love talking about them Yankees. And it's gonna be every Sunday night because that's all the Yankees get. <laughs> no, Yankees Cubs like, for the next uh, sixteen weeks. The Simon cast is only going to be eight eight weeks. Oh, they're just going to trial it? Yeah. Eight, eight special simulcasts, and it will be around the highest profile rivalry games. So you'll probably see a Dodge uh, Giants. Giants. We had like no Sunday Night Baseball games last year. Two best teams in baseball didn't get one. Ouch. They got one. Yeah, they got they had, the playoff got, game. Oh, the last game of the year. No, Sorry. they got one in September. At yeah, the it was like the last. That no, was like the last. It was it was well, a Chief and Duggar triple game. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of the Dodgers and Giants, you Giants fans are trying to bury the lead of the Dodgers promoting Brandon Gomes to general manager. <laughs> Big news here, thirty-seven-year-old. You, you guys took our Farhan Zaidi. So. Took? You mean? Like snuck out of there. I mean, he was being held hostage. He wanted to come with the Giants so yeah, bad. Yeah, well, now we have Brandon Gomes. So I, I know you. I know you Giants fans aren't really looking forward to talking about Dodgers GM <laughs> news, but I just wanted to put that out there for the masses to hear. I mean, the Farhan Zaidi pluck from the Dodgers might be the best move in like Giants history. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Take away the, their best analytics guy and give me to ours. That's a, that's a big one right there. But, um, yeah, I think it's all for the baseball news. Do you want to uh, go straight into NFL? you want to do that? Or what were we thinking? Yeah, let's talk about the NFL a little bit. So, so yeah, unfortunately, because of the lockout, we have almost zero uh, more content. We really stretched for a lot this hey, week. Hey, we made 45 minutes out of nothing. So That's very true. That's true. I mean, pl- applause to us. But the the big stories around the world, right, or around, not the world. Like, around sports around right now. in America is the NFL playoffs, and my Niners are currently still there, and so are Justin's Rams. Unfortunately, uh, Anthony was a fan of the Cardinals and the Raiders and did not have a very good weekend. <laughs> I'll give my initial thoughts on these games here. Unfortunately, because I was umpiring for uh, the early part of the day, Friday or Saturday and Sunday, I was not able to watch as much football as I would have liked, but... I got to see the end of the Raider game, at the end of the Cowboys game, and the Niners game. And that was, those were the best games all weekend. Um, of course, the best games are the most controversy, though, right? True. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's start with the Cardinals for a second. We were talking about, the, I was talking about them a little bit earlier in the show. It, 
It's just total collapse. Sad how much they collapsed. Hey, but did you and see that Kyler Murray pass though in the oh, end that zone? Was that was <laughs> bad. Well, great ball, the, no, no, great no, no, ball no. placement right to the, the DB. The best part of that throw was the broadcast saying his best Carson Wentz impression. <laughs> that was the best part of the entire game. Did you see the Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh yeah, the inspirational uh, speech and thing. And the, re- the reaction on the Manning cast. Yeah. Is that going? So he, so if you, those know, he gives his, his classic The Rock inspirational speech to the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray throws the interception the next second, and he gets a bottle of like tequila or something and throws back yeah. a shot. It was, it was very funny. Well, they also had Larry Fitzgerald on the Manning cast too. He should have been out and, there. And, and then boom, the Manning curse strikes again as Larry yeah. Fitzgerald and the Cardinals get hit. I mean, he, why is Larry Fitz not out there? I mean, they, the Rams signed I mean, Eric De- Weddle. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins he, he's is an unrestricted still injured. Free, he was an unrestricted free agent. He just didn't sign this retire? year. He retire? hasn't officially re- See, think Larry Fitzgerald is kind is doing kind of what Patrick Marlowe is doing right now. Hasn't is Patrick Marlowe not signed yet? Patrick Marlowe has not officially he is he is unsigned, but he also has not officially announced retirement. Speaking of the Sharks, by the way. I'm going to talk some trash oh, here to my okay. boy Team Justin. Okay, here we go. Uh, Pile Pile <laughs> As a Kings fan over there, uh, five goals in two periods. What did you think? Uh, 11 minutes of ice time. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, that was very rough. Uh, <laughs> last, time, last time I checked, the Kings were still second in the Pacific. What were the Sharks in the Pacific? Uh, five goals against your uh, your LA Kings. So That's all that would I have be to know. fourth in the Pacific <laughs> to answer to answer my own question. Yes, uh, but yeah, that was that was not good, especially since Timo Meyer is in Connor McDavid or anything like. He's just <laughs> he's an all star though. Timo Meyer has just been so he's just been having the year of his career. Man, right baseball now. in the NHL. Who ever thought about what what would happen on the whole nine? But um, let's let's get back to the NFL game. I want to brag about my Niners right now and kind of just the controversy of these two games. First of all, in the cow in the uh, Raiders Bengals game, the 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 replay of a pass. Right, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Great throw on the run. Joe Burrow's a probably top five quarterback already, which is insane to say. Um. But throws a Tyler Boyd on a dot. But the problem is, the referee on the sideline thinks, huh, that sounds like, that looks like he's out of bounds. I'm going to blow my whistle. He blows the whistle while the ball's in midair, and technically, according to the rules, the play's dead. Nothing happens. Replay down. But the officials go to replay and say, we didn't hear a whistle. I don't know how you don't <laughs> hear the whistle. That's my thing. Yeah, that's pretty, I'm, that's just blind. I, I guess deaf. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how you just don't hear it. It's it's pretty uh pretty obvious. So they said, here's what the senior VP of officiating Walt Anderson said after the game. Quote: We confirmed with the referee and the crew that on the play they got together and talked. They determined that they had a whistle, but that the whistle was for them on the field was blown after the receiver caught the ball. Which is just and then he blatantly went on to say, not true. Especially so. since the guy knows that he blew the whistle. He should know whether he blew the whistle before or after the catch. I yeah. would like to think he would know that. Yeah, especially and since it, he's a ref. And it was blown. the whistle was blown by one of the officials on the field, uh, but didn't specify which one. Uh, I mean, I, it, I don't think it's that hard to figure out. It's the one on the sideline. No, it's not. <laughs> but um, now moving over. Uh, sorry for the Raiders, by the way. My dad's a Raiders fan as well. So, My dad's uh, a Raiders fan. So. Yeah, so rest in peace yeah. to your. Wow, he's a you Raiders know what, fan. Though, and... like, here's the thing, though. Like, the Raiders had been through so yeah, much props this to them, year, even getting this far. With, I mean, they they deserve to win. 
I mean, add I don't think they deserve to the, win. As my dad says, add but. this to the list of blown calls of them over the years. The tuck rule. Tuck rule, yep. The, I could keep going on and on. Just add this in there with that. But, you know, the Raiders have been through so much. I mean, the whole yeah. Gruden, the Gruden emails. Henry Ruggs and that whole yeah, drama what, Their other first-round pick that year. Damon, Damon Arnett. Arnett with yeah. having things in it, in it with him that he shouldn't have had. Uh, what else was there? Uh, yeah. The rookie. One of the rookie. D- they uh, just fired yeah. Nate Hobbs, one of the rookie their corner. Back. Yeah, Nate Hobbs, their corner, had, had like a DUI or something like and that. They just, and I he's mean, still playing. Well, not anymore because they're eliminated, but he was playing. And they, I mean, and they went through the entire season knowing they were going to fire Mike Mayock at the end of the year. Like, I mean, they just did it as hey, soon as they God lost. Thank God Mayock is gone. I mean, I don't know. He wasn't that bad. I mean, I mean, he didn't really do anything because John neither, Gruden ran the team. Neither him nor Gruden could evaluate talent very well, and they wasted their draft. What do you pick. mean? Clellan Furl was a great number four overall <laughs> pick because, like, their third string D tackle and plays I mean, on special teams. Max Max Crosby, though. Max Crosby. Unrightful second-team All-Pro ahead of Nick Bosa. 15 sacks, most quarterback pressures. Ouch, sounds a little salty there. And most double teams. He was double teamed the most in the NFL, and that guy's not an all-pro. Sounds like you have a gripe. I do have a gripe. Thank you, Justin. You're Don't forget that the Raiders could have had Justin Jefferson. The, everyone could have had Justin Jefferson. So could the Eagles. Uh, not the Rams. Rams haven't had a first-round pick since 2016. <laughs> and well, we don't have another have, one until, like, 2025. We're, we're basically going a decade without first-round picks. What are your picks. thoughts on, like, I guess you're winning, so it's cool. But, like, what I are mean, your... if we won a Super Bowl, it's nice. I mean— don't get me wrong. Yeah, we traded uh, two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, and I'm I'm good with that. And then we traded two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford, and and two first-round picks for and Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah. Hey, I'll, hey, you guys are winning that trade. Now and then Colts we also fans. traded a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. That didn't go over too well. <laughs> That's a lot of first-rounders. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you guys had a great game though. Now Niners Packers this weekend. Now we got Ram. I th- honestly think the best game of the weekend is probably Rams Bucks. To me, even though as a Niners fan, I can't wait to see what the Niners do in Lambeau. Best best game overall. Oh, Bills Chiefs. Mm, Bills Chiefs. Yeah. Bills Chiefs. Easily. I was about to say that. Don't forget though, Bengals. Wait, who the Bengals play? Titans. I, Thank you. That's again. Honestly, that what he just did. Be... The Titans are the one seed in the most in the AFC. One seed I've seen. Yeah, they're the one seed in the AFC. They're get. They're probably getting Derrick Henry back. That team is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, especially the AFC goes through Tennessee. They don't have to go to they don't have to go to Buffalo. They don't I have think to go a to lot Kansas of people City. are picking Cincinnati because they're the shiny new toy. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and you know they're don't get me wrong. I think they can't they're even do stop, well. But... They can't stop the run. I hey, mean, that's yeah. the worst part of the Bengals' defense is they can't stop the run. At least somebody sent, was finally able to send a text about the Bengals winning a playoff game. Yeah, 1981 or whatever, right? <laughs> no, the last, 1990... time they, the last time that the bank prior to this weekend, the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, 1991. First text message was sent, 1992. Yeah, um, so for... Um, yeah, my friend's a Bengals fan, and he mentioned Jeremy Hill, and he just goes ballistic <laughs> because he, uh, yeah, he is scarred forever. I think, I think forever. the last time the Bengals won a playoff game was when the icky shuffle was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then the other side of the referee scandal, let's get back to that real quick, is, one, the amount of flags called in the Niners game, Niners-Cowboys. The fi- Cowboys had, like, 14 flags, and they probably all deserved. Well, considering that they're the most penalized team yeah, probably all in deserved. the league, it and then, sense. And the whole drama is... The Cowboys are blaming the Cowboys fans are blaming the refs for their players not knowing the rules. So I mean that's probably not going to go down well. When you're when you don't give the ball back to the referee, you can't play. 
You can't start the play. You can't spike it with zero. Hey, but what did you yeah. think about the play call, though? You like, I mean, a, you like a QB Russia, draw with 14 I lo- seconds personally, left? Personally, I love the play call. You as, loved a Niner, it. as a Niners fan, I oh. love the play call. <laughs> I thought it was the best play call they've made all day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, the only thing on that is, like, you run 17 yards up the gut. What's 20? What's 20? What's the ball on the 25 as opposed to the 30? Go down five yards earlier. You probably have two seconds more. Well, Dak's not to... really a running quarterback, so that's probably a flaw no. that he has. Yeah, like, he's, he's not much of a dual threat. And it's hard. I, I mean, I'm not blaming Dak, especially when, like, you get in the open field. How are you supposed to be like, I have to stop? Like, that Todd Gurley touchdown the other, like, last year yeah, for the Falcons, the Falcons when they blew that game to Although the Lions. I, I love that touchdown because I had Todd Gurley on my fantasy team. <laughs> really helped me out there. So wow. I cannot complain about that. That's the only thing he did for you that year. Oh, he was like a third-round pick for me because I was like, oh, Todd Gurley on the Falcons is going to be good. And he was all right, but he wasn't that. He's not on a team anymore. Yeah. What a good season. He was on. I've had a great history of uh, drafting breakout running backs. This year was bad for me. I had Ezekiel Elliott, so that was bust. I had Jonathan Taylor and oh, that's Aaron pretty Jones. Good. That's pretty solid. Aaron Jones kind of had a tough Aaron year. Aaron Jones isn't as high as it, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I like, I loved having Jonathan Taylor. But I want to go back to the Raiders controversy for a bit. That. That whole game was poorly officiated. I didn't even watch probably a solid two-thirds of that game, if not more than that. And even just from even just from the parts that I was able to pay attention to, it sounded like it was bad. I mean, there was that one play when they had all on the same play, a timeout, roughing the passer, and too many men on the field. Well, did they call the timeout for the too many men on the field? Did they what? Did they call the timeout to stop the too many men on the field? That's what I would think would happen. I don't even, But I, I mean, I didn't the roughing the, the passer calls this weekend were terrible. I saw like five or six, and they were all bad. Well, you're not supposed to touch the quarterback anymore. Oh, once, you can't. once he throws it, you can't touch him. Oh, shoot. Like, even if you poke him, that's probably roughing the passer. You poke him, the you poke him in the helmet. And it's, oh, that's a concussion. Yeah, basically. Flag. Oh, gosh, it's so stupid. But um, what are your guys? Quick predictions. I know we're not a baseball, we're not a football show, but predictions for this week. What are you saying? AFC, NFC, go. Uh, I'll take Bills over Chiefs. Wow. I, really, I really like the Bills. Uh, I'll take even going into Kansas City. Yeah, because I, I think so. they finally established a running game with Devin Singletary and Josh Allen's just a beast. True, um, but so is Patrick Mahomes. So fair enough. But um, and then I'll take Titans over Bengals, yep. and then on the other side I'll take Packers over Niners <laughs> and. Uh, Oh my bad, and uh, <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take the Bucks over the Rams. Unfortunately, yeah, right. I mean, way to go on bias, uh, Anthony. Huh. I think I, I like the Beefs, uh, uh, the Bills. I like the Bills, Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bills here. I'm gonna say in the AFC, we're gonna see we're gonna see Bills, Bengals. Wow, you really hate Titans. <laughs> no, I don't. Honestly. I just want to see a good game. Yeah, but I'm, who do you think is going to win it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't thought too much about it, but... I, okay. I've, yeah. You the know To go on the underdog, I am going to go with Bills, Bengals. Now, I may change that between now and then, but yeah. as of now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go Rams-Packers on the other side. Yeah. For me, the for the AFC, I'm going to go... I. I like. I don't know how you can pick against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs in the playoffs. They've been in the Super Bowl the last two years, or the AFC Championship the year before that. Yeah, but Josh Allen. Granted, they were playing New England, but Pat, and Patrick Mahomes against the Steelers. I mean, come on. Yeah, but he, I mean, the Steelers barely got into the playoffs with the Chargers <laughs> and the Chargers have been in the and the Raiders. Yeah, we could talk time. about that for hours. Uh, but I like. I like the Chiefs. I don't know how you can't can pick against them. Still, they haven't proven anything. They've. They've been bad. They haven't proven that at all. Um, 
So I'll pick I'll pick the Chiefs, and then on the other side, if Derek Henry's back, I'm picking the Titans. Blowout. Um, but oh, yeah, on the NFC side, um, I'm taking um, <sighs> the Rams. Pat Buccaneers game. That's a tough game. Yeah. Cause it's well, because the Bucks have no skill position players. I'm gonna take, yeah, but I'm gonna take Tom Brady's experience over Stafford. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. I mean, it just crushes Stafford at experience level. You could say the same thing for Rodgers, Jimmy G. But I'm gonna go Brady in at home over the Rams. Um, and then on the other side, if Bosa and Warner play, I think the Niners have a shot. But uh, currently, I think the Packers win that one in a close game. Unfortunately, thank you for uh, applauding my pick, Justin. <laughs> I um, appreciate that's a tough the one to say. This, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for our show today, Anthony. And with that, this concludes the first 2022 edition of the Whole Nine on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. We'll be back next week with another episode. We are here now on Tuesday evening, same time, 9 to 10 p.m. Yeah. Mountain Standard Time. Next week we will be talking about we will begin we will keep continue and hopefully wrap up our Hall of Fame discussion as they the votes, drop yeah the ballots drop the ballots will get announced at four o'clock actually I think seven o'clock Eastern well, before yeah. our show they don't let it they drop will get at announced earlier in the afternoon so we can talk about that and then over the next couple we'll probably have a little more football conversation and get ready talking about college baseball so with that for myself Anthony Remedios along with Sammy Newt and Justin DeHaas have a great night. Zach Woolley coming in to finish up the evening with the debut of Diamond in the Rough with Evan Riser and Ethan Briggs. And then Salsa Season is back for a second season. So coming up next on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com.